you are listening to a night dream. A night dream podcast. Well, uh, one day I would like to finish the two books I started. You are listening to a night dream. A night dream podcast. What happens in caves deep underground? Somewhere deep underground, water is dripping into a cavern made of rock. Nobody has ever seen it or knows where it is, but every second for the last hundred years, water has dripped through a tiny cut in the roof of the cave, falling and slowly making a small rock pool. You've never been good at maths and feel that either there is some special secret to it that you've never been shown, or maybe you're just stupid, or maybe you've never had a caring teacher, how else could you explain how you feel about it? Coming into the test, you knew it wouldn't go well, so you worked really hard at not caring. I'm bad at maths, I just don't get it. You think to yourself before going to bed, and then again first thing when you wake up. Now that you're about to enter the exam room, you feel nervous, but feed off the excitement of others. They could do well or badly. You wonder what would happen if you were tested every day instead of every year, but you don't know. You sign your name on the front of the exam, and finally you're allowed to open it, and you feel relieved that the wait's over. Now that you're doing it, there's nothing else to do but to do it. You're being timed, and worrying about the tests takes time that you could be answering the questions, you think. The first two pages are clearly meant to be easy, but they aren't. You remember some formulas, but the ones that you don't remain empty. It doesn't take long for you to stop answering questions. You just don't know the answer to them. You wish you'd spent more time worrying, as now you're forced to sit and watch the other people answering questions. Or the hands of the clock, marking the time. The test finishes, and you're pleased to leave. You already know that you're bad at maths, and the test proves it. Your parents welcome you home gently. They already know the result, but they can't give you any more help. They tried to teach you, but they quickly noticed the toll it took on your relationship. You grow up and forget the test. As you grow up, you learn that it's more socially acceptable to be bad at maths than good, and although this doesn't quite sit right with you, it's better than it being the other way around. You work in marketing and recognize the emotional leverage that comes with being bad at things. Now you buy lunch five days a week and at least two coffees a day, and for years this feels like the pinnacle of success. Your best project is free words, and they can be seen on billboards all around the world. The energy you use to repress your thoughts in school has given you the insight that people hate feeling inadequate and love the idea that they can be better. You queue up to grab a coffee before your train arrives, and the person in front of you pays over 20, and then, just before the cashier gives them their change back, they try to give the cashier £3.74 in change. The cashier's already closed the till with the right change for a 20, and the customer makes a fuss. When it's your turn, you pay by card and you gesture to the other guy. Stupid fuck, I hate people like that. But instead of agreeing with you, the cashier just looks uncomfortable. They are wary of all customers, including you. Have a nice day, you say, as you walk out with your black filter coffee. Hmm. What strange story. The next night dream, 
is called Die Billionaire. Today you walked around the park twice, thinking about the past and praying to a cruel, uncaring God. Today you washed your hands, then immediately washed them again, hoping to be noticed by a cruel, uncaring God. Today you stared into the sun, then blinded, looked around you, wanting to see as a cruel, uncaring God. Today you bit the inside of your lips, tasting blood and imagining yourself poised above yourself as a cruel, uncaring God. You watch TV and try to focus on each individual beam of light, perceiving unreality as a cruel, uncaring God. Today you stroke a cat, whispering to it, asking it questions that you would like to ask a cruel, uncaring God. Today at work, you look into the face of your boss, who makes demands of you, as if they were a cruel, uncaring God. You try to guess what they want, appealing to a cruel, uncaring God. But you can't, because you're not like them. If you were at your cruelest until the day you died, you wouldn't cause as much suffering as the cruel, uncaring God wreaks on a daily basis. If you lived 2,825 times, they would still outpace you. They own the supermarket you work at, and every time you put something else onto a shelf, you are aiding in their nefarious plans. A billionaire is always more evil. Human sacrifice has changed, but ultimately is still the same, and a billionaire is more evil. They will trick you, and you will be halfway through your life before you can even see their deception. After a time, they do die, but so do you, and you will die faster than them. They are at their most happiest if you die without saying anything. That way their ideas stay in place and their children will continue to burden society. Nothing can say when the scale trims away sweetness and goodwill, and while they live, nobody will. You sit listening, crushed slowly by a cruel, uncaring God. You make a promise to yourself that you will stop looking up Elon Musk tweets because all it does is annoy you. It is a promise that you can't keep. This night dream is called Grendel. Head office has called you in. They can no longer sleep soundly for fears of what might happen in the coming fiscal year. Shareholders talk of a new head of operations in one of your clients' Fortune 500 companies, and the board aren't happy about it, to say the least. They had the old boss in their pocket, and they aren't so sure about what demands this new client might make. You'll handle it, you say, man to man, mano a mano, the old-fashioned way. Your first meeting is arranged. You choose the biggest glass house meeting room with the best view. You recoil in horror as you spot the client in reception through full glass walls. They aren't even wearing a suit, and even worse, they have dyed hair. The first thing you do as an elite business person is to try and tear their arm off. All businessmen respect a firm handshake. Your opponent is young and cut from different cloth, probably made it big with a few choice investments. You've gathered your best team in the pitch room, but they're helpless. The client tears through your team's outdated ideas. This monster has the strength of ten trend forecasters, and you wrestle with all of your accumulated business acumen. At one point in the meeting, the client stands on the table and screams at you and your men. You do not understand them and fear them, but you can't let it show. 
You win the engagement barely, but it's clear that the client is hungry for more and will return. On the commute home, you look the client up. Their LinkedIn is impenetrable. You let out a hurt as you open a can of beer. Lying in bed, you check one more time and eventually find that most of the client's investments are in companies linked to a parent company run by their own mother. This represents the majority of their investment portfolio and is enough to challenge their credibility as head of operations. You sleep well knowing that this information will end the bloodshed. You were really considering retirement, but now nagging thoughts of old grey days are gone. At the water cooler, you announce to the team that they should have contacted you, Brian Wolfe, to be the new head of operations. You always make the most heroic investments. <laughs> The last story of episode 5 is titled, I Was the Best. You meet an old man at the bar of a fancy hotel that you're staying in. It feels good to be seen there, and it's very expensive. The old man feels the same way. He's wearing a massive watch. Good year, you ask, nodding towards the watch. He chuckles and said he retired years ago. You have some time to kill, so you ask him what he did. Web design, he says or more specifically, website name design, and I was good at it. Your reservation isn't for another 30 minutes, and the restaurant's only a short walk down the promenade, so you ask again, and almost immediately you regret asking, as he looks you straight in the eye and says, how much time do you have? Wanting to have some fun, you say, indulge me, thinking that this is what people say in expensive bars, in expensive resorts www.business.co.uk was my first web domain, he says. www.vintagemousemats.co.uk was my second, and it did well. He pauses. www.industrialfloorcleaner.co.uk sold immediately. And I won awards for www.egyptianvases.co.uk and www.freefootballcalendar.co.uk You start to panic and the man becomes less coherent. He speeds up until he's just naming old websites that he created. www.deliciousbread.co.uk www.ofcourseilovemusicals.co.uk www.neighbourhoodwatcher.co.uk www.scratchandsniffsurfaces.co.uk www.piefillings.co.uk www.foxmedicine.co.uk www.veryfasthelp.co.uk www.badtodabone.co.uk www.pizzababy.co.uk www.largeanimal.co.uk www.americalovesswords.co.uk www.frenchdrinks.co.uk www.computerbroken.co.uk and he stops to sip at his drink. Of course, the golden age of website name design has passed, but I had some luck recently with these 12. 
www.plantsforgamers.co.uk www.livinginexile.co.uk www.listofchesspieces.co.uk www.plantkiller.co.uk www.mirrorswithinmirrors.co.uk www.nothingbutnetting.co.uk www.jeanshorts.co.uk www.surfboardingschool.co.uk www.olivertwisties.co.uk www.birdfeedersanonymous.co.uk www.celebritygraves.co.uk www.coycarps.co.uk with a C He stops to order another round of drinks and you can't tell how much time has passed. He barely pauses to check the wine list before he says the modern business needs a modern name, something brave like www.cornishpasty.co.uk, www.subterraneanliving.co.uk, www.isthisamushroom.co.uk, www.lifeguardaccessories.co.uk, www.pigpen.co.uk, www.greatwallsofchina.co.uk, www.petlawyers.co.uk, www.mousetraps.co.uk www.sourdoesanddon'ts.co.uk www.sourdoesanddon'ts.co.uk www.actionmanager.co.uk www.productivemorning.co.uk www.iloveteddybears.co.uk www.catfooddiet.co.uk www.lostinthesources.co.uk www.starsandwhite .co.uk, www.roomtemperature.co.uk, www.ancientbaby.co.uk, www.shoppingmalls.co.uk, www.vampirequest.co.uk, www.supersocus.co.uk, www.bigrats.co.uk www.swampbones.co.uk www.sweetorsour.co.uk www.fatballs.co.uk www.roomwithoutaview.co.uk www.meatmeat.co.uk www.alienshugar.co.uk www.gregorsimpson.co.uk and www.protectthemeerkat.co.uk to name a few. You feel ill, and you realise that you've slumped into your bar stool. Your forehead is wet with cold sweat. As you get up to leave, he shouts after you, follow me on Instagram, at business.urls, and all you can do is shudder. <laughs>